So let me ask you this. Over the last few months since March, you know what I'm talking about? How are your spiritual rhythms these days? How are your spiritual rhythms? In other words, how's your habits, your spiritual habits going, your disciplines, your spiritual disciplines? How, how are your rhythms these days? Are your spiritual habits and disciplines better since March or are they worse? You're like, I just fell apart with the whole pandemic thing. Or they're like, you know, the whole slowing down thing, I'm doing a lot better in my spiritual life. I'm feeling really closer to God. I'm feeling pretty good. So now allow me to bring out into the open a really rather touchy subject these days. What is your spiritual habit of gathering together for worship? What's your spiritual habit for gathering together for worship? And you're like, oh, well, I'm sitting here. Did I win? Like, yes, you did. So, but what's your habit of gathering together? So let's begin with these classic words of Jesus uh, on how to be in relationship with him. Okay. And you'll see where we're going. So here we go. The gospel of Matthew, the first of the four gospels, as it is in the Bible. First of four, chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28 and then 29 and 30. This is what it says. Come to me, Jesus says. All you that are weary and carry heavy, carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Jesus says. There's this classic image that really hardly, I, I'm going to assume, nobody can relate to anymore, but it was meant something for the last 1900 years uh this classic image of an ox that is yoked to a farmer the yoke's on the on the ox yoked to a farmer and the farmer is in this deep personal relationship really with the ox okay because that's the way it works a farmer and and their work animal are in a relationship they understand each other the farmer is guiding the work of the ox The ox willfully comes under the yoke. And Jesus is saying, I'm a good farmer. And the yoke is not burdensome. You're going to to fall into this deep, beautiful rhythm. Okay? Of plowing the earth. And then plant the seed. Produce the crop. And then comes the harvest. And Jesus is saying, we should strive for this. You You should be yoked to me. Because I'm gentle and humble of heart. And you'll find rest for your soul and your burden will be light. And don't we need that these days? So the passage I read to you is this classic academic translation from the New Revised Standard Version. Very excellent translation, by the way. But here's another translation from pastor and author Eugene Peterson. Really cool guy. He just died a couple of years ago. Lived up in Montana small town pastor guy and he translates the entire bible into a translation that's called the message and it's a paraphrase so real easy to understand and he understands that we don't understand the ox and farmer thing anymore because we can't relate to it uh maybe they do it in montana but apparently not since he translated this way and this is how he translates matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30 this way he says are you tired worn out burned out on religion come to me Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. 
Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's from the message. Peterson knows we no longer recognize that nostalgic image of a farmer plowing a field with an ox. But Peterson knows certainly more than all the rest of us even that we are tired, worn out, burned out on religion kind of people. Peterson translates the text as a recovery, as a rest, as a walk with the master of the universe. Watching how Jesus lives life, modeling our, modeling our life after Jesus' life, learning the unforced rhythms of grace. What a beautiful phrase. The yoke is not heavy. The burden's not ill-fitting. The result is living free and light. I think Peter's, Peterson's spot on. I think he gets it right. All of us are craving living light and free. And these days, we all walk around with a lot of time on our hands, really. And yet, we have this underlying anxiety because of the pandemic and racial strife and whatever else is going on. So here's the curious part of learning to live free and light and following Jesus. It's not without its need for habits and routine and rhythm and disciplines. The Christian life is nothing but a bunch of habits and disciplines and routines and rhythms and rules. So if I call these habits disciplines and routines and I said, hey, we should all live by a rule of life, right? Just like the ancient Christians said, you should live by a rule of life. And then many of us might push back and say, whoa, I thought you just told me all about the free and light and it's all easy and there's no big yoke and it's not a hassle and it's not a big burden. And now you're talking out of both sides of your mouth because you're saying we're supposed to have this rule of life and these disciplines and these habits and yet we're supposed to be free and easy. Which one is it? Okay, that's legit. Which one's it going to be? Free and easy where Jesus is, you know, he ain't heavy, he's just my brother or we're going to be a bunch of Pharisees and load people up with a bunch of moral laws and burdens and be uptight. So I make this sound bad because I believe disciplines are absolutely necessary to the Christian life. I'll just say it again. Disciplines are absolutely necessary to the Christian life. Yes? If we return to the classic image of the farmer plowing with his beloved ox, we find the two of them turning over row after row in a rhythm, in a discipline, in a rule, at the same time for several days or several weeks or whatever it takes, doing the same exact motion together as one, cooperating with the earth. And it's a beautiful agrarian image. But it also has a rhythm and a habit to it. And the rhythm and the habit and the discipline is what sets the ox free. And that's what we have. That's what we are. We are the ox under the easy yoke. And the rhythm and the discipline makes us settle down and feel at home. This is the way life works. Aristotle said back in the 3rd century BC, Aristotle said, life is nothing but habits. (laughs) The human existence is nothing but habits. All of life is a series of habits. We go to bed with the same routine. You got up this morning with a routine, right? I mean, a tight routine. You mess with that routine this morning and you won't end up here, right? That's the way. You want to mess with somebody, just hide their toothbrush. They're likely to just end up in the corner of the garage bumping up against the wall like some little wind-up toy, not knowing what in the world is going on. Probably won't even be dressed by then. We are so driven by habits. As a matter of fact, research shows, using poor test animals, that if you take away and change the habit and routine, 
you can, the, the test animals actually died in the experiment. Routine and habit, if you don't have it, it will exhaust you. It will wear you out, right? It's just the way it goes. We all need these habits and routines. So following Jesus is simply a series of habits and routines. Habits and prayers. These routines, you're like, what are you talking about? I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about Sabbath keeping, journaling, almsgiving, silence, small groups, fasting, intercessory prayer, uh, humility, stewardship, truth-telling, meditation, hospitality, scripture memorization, justice, forgiveness, reconciliation, serving, on, 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 on. Matter of fact, the women's ministry retreat around here believes this stuff is so important that they actually give each participant of a retreat a large book uh, by Adele Calhoun called The Handbook of Spiritual Disciplines. It's a catalog of spiritual disciplines. It's about that thick. Great book. You want to find out like what meditation is? For a page or two there, she'll tell you exactly what it is. You pick and choose which one's fit for your life in whatever season you're in. So the Christian life is but a series of habits. So here we are in the middle of a pandemic, right? And most of the world's churches have all shut down and then slowly restarting. That's what Lakeland's been doing. So let's talk about, in the list of disciplines, the discipline of gathering, okay? But first, before I talk about gathering, let's make a distinction between Sabbath-keeping and gathering as the church, because they are different. The Sabbath is not the same as gathering for worship. We often think it is because in America, that's kind of what we do. But Sabbath keeping is about resting from our work. Sabbath keeping is uh, about resting from our labor. Gathering, on the other hand, is about worshiping together in the presence of God. So we keep Sabbath not only to rest, but to cease striving and know that God is God and that we are not God. So it shapes our identity. We are not God. The rest brings us down to earth. Sabbath uh, makes sense of the six days of work. And it says, I am not defined by my work. I am not defined by my labor. I am not defined by all the hardship that I go through. I am defined by my day of rest that I belong to God. I know who authored me. I know who I belong to. The Sabbath told the Hebrews they were Hebrews. Sabbath creates identity. The Hebrews said, we are those people who keep the Sabbath. As a matter of fact, there are plenty of scholars out there that will tell you the main point of the first two chapters in Genesis is really all about the Sabbath. We are the people of the Sabbath. Now, gathering is different than the Sabbath. Gathering is a worship discipline. It is the discipline of coming together. We gather uh, in order to worship. So, how can we gather these days when we're not supposed to gather? Well, six feet apart and wearing a mask, I guess. In your bubble, whatever that means. But there are those among us who cannot gather, right? We know this. There are immune compromised. There are people with breathing issues. There are cardiopulmonary conditions. Plenty of other conditions that will not allow someone to gather. They should not gather. So, you know, in response to that, because not everyone could gather, especially when everything was going crazy in March and April, we worked real hard and spent a ton of money on starting live streaming. Right? 
So we started live streaming because people need to stay home. And uh, that was a really good thing. And we were just blessed by God uh, to have the money on hand and the staff expertise to be able to start up live streaming. And we live streamed both services. So it's really cool. I believe live streaming is missional. It's part of the mission of Lakeland. It actually takes the gospel out beyond our walls. That's all a really cool thing. Really good stuff. Yeah? The gospel has gone beyond 913 Colburn Road. That's really cool. Excellent. But, but there is something else happening among us. Okay? So I'm narrowing it down here. I've heard that some of you say that you've just simply found it convenient to stay home and watch the service on live stream, even though you could come because you don't have a condition or you're not afraid or whatever. You've gained a new habit. Is it a spiritual habit? I suppose that's what it has to fit into. You're at church, but you've chosen just to stay home and walk around the kitchen drinking coffee, you know, in your pajamas. Okay. Sounds easy. As a matter of fact, you're kind of conflicted deep inside thinking like, why would I ever need to go back? This is actually pretty easy going. I could just sit here and eat breakfast. No mask. That works, right? You've created a new habit of not gathering. Now, now watch me here because I'm beginning to really tread a really fine line, okay? And I get it, and you get it, and we all get it, okay? It's not that you hate gathering. It's not that you think it's wrong or you don't believe in it anymore and that worship is wrong and all that sort of thing. But I believe our entire, entire culture, you guys, has adjusted to just simply not gathering anymore. Okay, sure. You all long, we all long to go to 54th Street Grill into a buzzy, crowded place where the geezer music is rocking and eat something fried and it's a lot of fun and have your iced tea and leave a big tip and you think that's awesome. Right? And it's cool. And you're supporting the economy and that's all makes you feel good. We'd all love to go to a concert. We'd love to go to a ball game. Just get back to normal. Right? We'd all love to do that. So, but there's this newer habit that's been created in us over the last few months of just staying home and and living close. So it's really, really weird just to add on another layer of weirdness to the whole thing. For years and years, Pastor Marta and Garrett and myself and plenty of you have all, we've all taught each other like, hey man, you guys should slow down. You know, Jesus is burden is not heavy and you need to like have a sabbath and you need to like slow down you need to like just chill out you need to go for a walk ride a bike go paddle boarding do something like that everybody's doing it these days like you can't find a tennis racket right like everybody's but now in about three years you're going to be able to get the most awesome bike you ever wanted on craigslist right but for right now you can't find anything that people are entertaining themselves with right so you're getting this mixed message like, uh, you told us to slow down and, well, it took a pandemic, but I'm slow now. I'm not doing much. I just go to work and ditch out during uh, lunch hour and do something fun. No, you're not supposed to do that, are you? So, uh, it's messed with our routines and our habits. Somebody moved our toothbrush. Our habits have been forced to change. And it's messing with us. It's messing with our habit of gathering. Our habits have been messed up, and now we've found new habits, and we're getting used to it. 
And maybe there's good and maybe there's bad to it. Slowing's good, but should we gather for worship? Yes. Yes, we should gather for worship. We should. You should gather. The word church in the original Greek, ecclesia, the word church actually just means the gathered ones. It doesn't mean anything more than that. It's just the word for the gathered ones. Church is defined by gathering. Should everyone come back to church? No way. It's okay to stay home and live stream if you're medically fragile. It's okay to stay home if you're just simply afraid of catching the virus. That's a totally legit reason. That's okay. What I am asking is for all of us to examine our habits during the pandemic and look to see if once again we can experience the beauty of gathering together and that it's okay for you to do that. And that maybe you've just fallen into a habit of not gathering. And it's time to come back. You guys, there's a magnificence to worshiping together, even if it's through an inconvenient mask and sitting apart. There's a magnificence to praying together, of just simply coming together. I've heard people say, I felt like I came home with tears in their eyes. I've had people doing communion, and they're like, I've been waiting for this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Tears in their eyes. There's a magnificence to just coming together. Even seeing faces, you're like, I never know their name, but I'm so glad to just see them because they're part of my village. They're part of our family. This is a part of my identity. And that's what coming together does, is it tells us who we are, and it tells you who you are and who you belong to. And that's why it's so powerful. This is where we get yoked to the master not just for our individual life, but together as a team. And we plow the earth and we reap the harvest. This is who we are. So examine your habits these days. Examine all your routines these days. Pay attention to who you are, what's going on. And maybe it's time for you to come back. Maybe it's time to plow the earth as we always did, to go back to the old habit and routine of showing up on Sunday. So you can love and be loved, be know, know and be known, serve and be served, and celebrate and be celebrated. It's time together, if you can, if you can. So examine your life and see if you're ready, and maybe it's time for you to join your brothers and sisters together. And, you know, and afterwards, you can stand out in the parking lot and catch up with each other and find out what's going on and so forth. It might just be time for that sort of thing. Amen.